Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air live. Today is January 2nd. Uh, For those of you on the East Coast, it's January 9th, so I get to feel like I'm in the future when I talk to you. But it's uh, January 2nd which means uh, that we are back with a live show. So we have been on, we've been playing uh, older shows, replays. Uh, We haven't had anybody here live in the studio for the last seven days. And so we've been doing encore shows, what we call them, for the last seven days. But uh, we're back live. So if you're here on this show, today's January 2nd. Or if you're on the East Coast, it's January 9th. And uh, we are live so we'd love to hear from you give us a call the number is 303-690-3000 that's 303-690-3000 or you can text us at 720-336-0897 that's 720-336-0897 for the text line and again once again we're we're live today this is calvary live and we are actually live today uh, after a break for the holidays and the new year uh, back taking your calls and texts on the air, and I can see that we've already got full lines, so uh, shoot us a text or wait until someone drops and then give us a call. Again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything that's going on in your life. If you have a prayer request or you'd like advice about something, we'd love to pray for you, and we'd love to speak with you and explore what God's Word says together. Um, for those of you listening in Colorado and Wyoming, uh, you're listening on Grace FM. And just a reminder, those on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey and Maryland, as well as down in Tennessee on Truth FM, you're hearing the show on a one-week delay, but we'd love to hear from you. Again, we've got full lines right now, but you can always text us at 720-336-0897. Also, welcome to everyone who is tuning in online, whether it's our mobile app. If you don't have that, do go get it. Just in your app store, type in Grace FM in the search bar. It'll come right up. You can listen anywhere in the world over the internet uh, on your phone. Or you can always go to our website, gracefm.com, and you can click the Listen Live button there, and you can tune in live at any time over your browser. Again, the number to call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado, that loves Jesus, and we love the Bible, and we love to study through the Bible. Um, and we'd love to have you worship with us sometime. If you are in Longmont or in the surrounding area and any of the communities uh, in all directions near Longmont, give us a visit. We are meeting on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is in right in downtown Longmont. So we're just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So we're right at 700 Longs Peak Avenue in downtown Longmont. That's the St. Vrain Memorial Building. We're right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street, just one block west of Main Street. 
10 a.m. Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you come visit with us. I'll tell you a little bit about what we're studying, but I want to take some of these calls first. But you can always check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com, or you can catch us every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on Grace FM. So let's go to our first caller. Looks like we've got Chris in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. You're our first caller of 2019. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. What's up? Um, so I just need, I guess, a word of advice on uh, something that I'm dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, try- I'm facing a decision whether or not to go back to college on the 19th. Um, I've already gotten a lot of credits and I'm wanting to go finish up my associate's degree and then transfer on to get a bachelor's. Okay. And, um, you know, I feel like that's a good, a good thing to, to want to do in life. You know, I don't, I don't see education as really a bad thing. Um, but, uh, when I pray about it, I just, I, I think that I feel God saying no, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of having a hard time with that. Um, I feel like I feel like I know the voice of God, and um, but it's just I'm not really I'm not really sure how all that lines up with God's word, um, yeah. and I'm 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 really upset about it because it's also just kind of a long laundry list of things that God is just telling me not to do. He's just mm-hmm. telling me not to do this, not to do that. And I'm also facing a lot of personal issues in my life right now, a lot of stuff with family and it, everything. I don't know. It just seems like everything is just kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like God is just, just feels like God is just telling me everything that I can't do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm, I'm getting really frustrated and, um, and angry um, I'm, I don't know, kind of in a, in a bit of a rough season with my faith because of all of this, because I'm very confident in my abilities, um, to continue my education. The only reason that I was ever precluded from continuing my education is because of, uh, situations with my family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now that I feel like I have some freedom to move on, you know, I, uh, I just feel a no, and um, you know, I, I, I'm just kind of wondering. You know, I feel like I'm just wondering, like, what am, what am I going to do with my life? You know, like if I'm, I, I'm, I'm delivering pizzas right now. You know, and I'm 26 years old, and I just, you know, I, I feel like I've been serving the Lord faithfully. There's no major addictions in my life. You know, I've been repentant. You know, I've been obeying, I've been obedient, you know, and I've been, I feel like I've been walking with the Lord, but it's just really hard right now because I just feel like all I'm hearing is no, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that. And I'm questioning also whether this is just my own voice, you know, my own, you know, it's my conscience, you know, if it's my own doubts, you know, if it's, it, it could be the enemy trying to, trying to, you know, um, you know, preclude me from, right. you know, whatever my calling may be, you know. Chris, but uh, I wanna... let me just uh, interrupt you just because I, I think I got the gist of what 
what you're saying. Um, you know, I think that you're, what you're doing is a good thing right here is that you're asking for advice because, um, yeah, just because simply, you know, one of the ways that we hear God's voice and we differentiate it from, like you said, our own, uh, but maybe it's the voice of an en- of the enemy trying to steer us off track. Maybe it's the voice of uh, just our own mind and thoughts, you know, uh, getting in the way. And one of the ways that we can differentiate, the Bible says, you know, aside from just the internal sense of knowing what God wants us to do, which, by the way, I don't discount at all. I think that's also very important. Uh, is asking for advice from other people and counsel. And so, Chris, from everything you're telling me, here's kind of my take on it. I'll give you my the way I approach it myself. Uh, when, when you're seeking God's uh, voice and calling for your life, you know, I think that there's a there's two things we want to weigh. There's the one sense in which God calls us to be stewards. He calls us to be responsible. You know, one of the things that I think even as we come up to the new year, sometimes people almost pit these things against each other as if they're, you know, to uh, to make resolutions or plans or set goals for the year, for example. They'll say, oh, well, that's not spiritual because, you know, you're depending on yourself and not on the Lord. I'm saying, Absolutely, that's not the case. Uh, I don't think any Christian who's making plans ought to be making plans apart from the Lord. You know, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But that doesn't mean that we should do nothing. (laughs) That means that we should seek to do many things uh, by his power and walking in step with him. So I just say that to say this, that um, we have to weigh that stewardship aspect, meaning that God has entrusted us with time, talents, resources that he wants us to invest and use for his kingdom and for his purposes, we have to weigh that against the fact that there are plenty of examples in the Bible that show us times when God led people in ways that seemed counterintuitive and the ways that seemed, um, you know, not what anyone would have would have chosen or done for themselves. You know, I think of, um, you know, in Acts chapter 8, we see that this man's led out into the wilderness in the middle of a a great revival. Philip, you know, he's led out into the wilderness in the middle of a great revival. You say, why in the world would you leave a great revival to go out in the wilderness? And then we see why. That there was an Ethiopian eunuch traveling down the road that God wanted him to meet so that the gospel could go to Ethiopia. And so I don't discount that at all. I think those two things, that's the difficulty with a situation like what you're in. But I'll just tell you from my perspective, Chris, just having... Um, having a few years behind me, I would say finish up your college. This is my advice, and I'll I'll give it a caveat. But here's my advice: just finish up your AA at least before you before you take a break. Just stick it out for this next semester, get it done, and um, and then do something with it. Because here's the other thing: is that um, you know maybe there is something some reason why you shouldn't go to college. Maybe that you don't even know. Uh, but you've come this far, I'd say finish it up and, unless God makes it so clear where it's like, you know, one of the ways that I've, I've often sought just anecdotic, anecdotally in my own life, the will of God and, and heard God's voice in a way is that I will just wait until I have this conviction that if I don't do this thing or if I do do this thing, right, whatever it is, either way, that it's that sense that Paul the Apostle had where he said, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel, you know? So a couple of years ago, you know, my family and I moved here to the U.S. from Hungary. And uh, that was the same kind of thing as we're praying about it. And we prayed about it for quite a while. It got to the point where we said, 
where I began to feel that if we don't do this, we will actually be doing something wrong. Now, I know that's very subjective, and it comes down to uh, a lot of, you know, how do I know that? How can I prove that empirically? Well, I probably can't prove it empirically. It's that sense of the inner voice of God speaking, you know, kind of like in John 10, that my sheep know my voice, and they, they will not follow that of another. But, uh, Chris, barring that kind of drastic scenario in which, you know, God says, Chris, you better not do this, my advice to you is at least finish up your AA, go back to school, finish out this last semester, you've put all this work into it, and, um, and, and finish it up. But that's just my advice, and I don't know what God's speaking to you. I would just encourage you, seek the Lord, um, ask Him to give you peace in whatever it is that uh, He's leading you in. It doesn't sound to me like you have peace about this at all right now. So my advice to you, is finish school unless God makes it clear that you absolutely shouldn't in which case you should absolutely listen to the Lord but let me pray for you and let's uh, just ask God to reveal that to you we just you know think of James chapter 1 right where he says if anyone lacks not lacks wisdom let him come to the Lord who gives uh, generously to those who ask so that's what we'll cling to as we pray Heavenly Father I pray for Chris and what a good and noble desire it is to want to know your will, Lord, and to want to follow you even if it, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. And I, I thank you for that in Chris. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would make it clear to him what he should do. And maybe, it's, maybe it is just sticking it out for another semester and finishing up his AA that he's been working on. Um, or maybe it's not, but Lord, I pray that you would make it very clear to him. And, um, and that we do remember this promise of yours, Lord, that if we lack wisdom, we can ask you who give generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to us. So we ask in faith, without doubting, uh, Lord, that you would truly give Chris wisdom and guide him in this decision. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you, Chris. Thanks for calling in. Right, Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Andrew in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the program. Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? Going great. What's up? Um, so my wife and I have been on a really exciting journey, actually, where God's kind of given us meat to eat and chew on instead of milk. And one of the main questions that we have come up with in this journey is um, God's law. So I, I know in the New Testament you, you read all through Scripture about um, the lawlessness and doers of, of, of iniquity. And so we had the question, what law are they talking about? And we have a feeling it's probably the Ten Commandments, because in Deuteronomy, you know, it talks about how it's a new covenant given to this generation, not any previous generation. And then when in uh, the New Testament, when the lawyer asked Christ how to reach paradise, he basically says, you know, the Ten Commandments. But we were wondering, um, is it the Ten Commandments they're talking about in the New Testament, or is it encompassing Le- the Levitical law, numbers, and the Ten Commandments? We're, we're kind of hazy on that. Yeah, no, that's a really good question, and it's a question that I think really needs to be cleared up for a lot of people. Uh, it's something that I, I gained a lot of clarity on probably in the last two years. Um, 
And here's, uh, I wrote an article on it. So I have a website. If anybody listening is interested, the website is nickkady.org. It's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. That's my website. And on there, I write articles, usually two or so a week. And I answer questions kind of like this. And, um, you know, I'm a seminary student. I also, um, you know, pastor and talk to people on the radio. So I I just kind of take a lot of those questions that I get and I write articles about them. So they're quick references. So I wrote one about this and I'd like to send it to you. So make sure you give your email address to the producer after we get offline. Um, And and here's one of the uh, articles I wrote that, well, I guess this was in 2017. I wrote this one. It's this um, about understanding what it is that it's talking about when we talk about the law in the New Testament. This is your exact question. Here's what it comes down to. Um, it, so in a way, yes, the Ten Commandments, but in a way more than the Ten Commandments. And you asked, is it the Levitical law? Yes and no in the sense of this. He, here's what it comes down to. Um, when we talk about the law, really what we're talking about is the moral law. So when the New Testament talks about the law, it's talking about the moral law. Now here's the thing, is that we have to differentiate between the different types of laws in the Old Testament. And the Jews themselves differentiate over the types of laws. In fact, the New Testament makes that very clear, that there are different kinds of laws that are handled in different ways. And John Calvin, in his Institutes, really laid it out very clearly. He, he just broke it down into three categories. And he said, look, there, there are three ways, three types of law in the Old Testament. And the New Testament reflects this as well. And so there, you, you probably know this already. There are 613 laws in the Old Testament. Ten of those are the Ten Commandments. Now, um, those 613 laws break down into three categories. Those are civil laws, ceremonial laws, and moral laws. So civil laws are the laws which governed the nation of Israel, right? They dealt with behaviors and punishments for crimes. You remember that when the nation was set up, it was set up as a true theocracy, meaning that they didn't have a king. God was their king, and the laws that he gave them weren't just um, moral laws, and they weren't just ceremonial laws. They were actually civil laws involved in that. Now, when, let's say at the time of Jesus, right, when they're no longer a theocracy anymore, that was, this was really the big issue that you see being a big issue during the time of Jesus, where they're ruled by the Romans who brought in their own civil law, but the Jews themselves used to have a civil law, and they're struggling to know whether or not to keep keeping that civil law now that they're in this situation where they're no longer a theocracy. So, for example, they bring the woman to Jesus who is caught in adultery. Now, Jewish civil law would have said that she needed to be stoned to death as a punishment for a crime. But Roman civil law would have said that no one had the right to to carry out corporal punishment except for the Roman authorities. And so it was an inherent problem that they were running into at that time and knowing what to do. And another example is when it comes to paying taxes. You might remember that that was also a question they brought to Jesus. Well, a lot of those questions were brought up because the people were trying to sort out how do we deal with the fact that, you know, we have in the Levitical, and it's actually mostly in Exodus, but we have this law in Exodus, which is all about um, civil laws, but yet we're under another civil authority. And the same is true for us as Christians today, right? We don't live in a theocracy. We live, I live in Longmont. I'm subject to the laws of the city of Longmont and the state of Colorado and the United States government. And so there we have civil laws, 
Okay, then we have ceremonial laws, and those are things which are regarding Jewish sacrifice and really deal with clean and unclean. Things that are clean, things that are unclean, how people can become unclean and how people can become clean again, right? And then, so that's, that's the laws, ceremonial laws. And then we have the moral laws, which declare what God deemed right and wrong, and that includes the Ten Commandments, but it's not just the Ten Commandments. There are other moral laws. And so what, what happens a lot of times is that you, you find people, and you've probably heard this too, right? Like, I've seen this stuff written online where people will say things like, well, you know, Christians just pick and choose when it comes to the Old Testament law, and, you know, you read one commandment that says you shall not commit adultery or that certain sexual practices are forbidden by God. But then in the very next line, you'll read something that says don't eat pork or don't eat shellfish or don't, eat clo don't wear clothes made of mixed fabric. And people say, well, Christians, you know, eat shellfish and they wear, you know, poly cotton blended clothes. And but then at the same time, they keep so they're just picking and choosing and their Christians are just arbitrary and they just use the Old Testament for their own uh, you know, purposes, but they're not being honest with it. Well, that's not at all the case. The, the fact is this, that we are actually being very true to the nature of the law by differentiating between civil laws, ceremonial laws and moral laws. And here's the thing. Ceremonial laws were fulfilled in Jesus. That's what Hebrews tells us all about, especially chapters 9 and 10. Civil laws no longer generally apply. They can be a guide for our own civil laws, but because we do not live in a theocracy anymore that's ruled by the, the Old Testament law, you know, these kind of things are, are not the civil law that we live under, but the moral law of God. That is the unchanging law of God because it actually tells us in the Old Testament that the moral law is based on God's character, which we know is unchanging. So the moral law of God doesn't change because God doesn't change. So that means that moral laws from 3,000 years ago are still applicable today. And, um, and so anyway, all that comes down to this point. You asked in the New Testament, what law are they talking about? Generally, they're referring to the moral law. Okay. Um, that does lead me to another question. You know, you you mentioned the whole pork and shellfish thing, um, and you know we are again on this journey and trying to please and obey as best as we can. And one thing I did read in the New Testament, I can't pick, remember where it was, but it says basically, you know, don't argue amongst yourself over something as trivial as that. But then there's another verse that says those who preach um, that you can eat pork and bring others with you. Uh, because you've denied the least of these, you will be called the least of these in heaven. Um, mm -hmm. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the question. I love talking about this topic. In fact, I just taught about this in Romans. Uh, we just taught about we just taught through the book of Romans. We finished the first Sunday in December. So feel free to go back and especially listen to the messages if you're interested from chapters 14 but specifically chapter 14, but also a little bit into chapter 15. So okay. chapter 14 and 15 in Romans. And we explain this exact question because like here, here's a good example. And I'll give you some verses for it. The, specifically what you're referring to is found in places like Romans 14 and 15, where he says, hey, you know what? Don't make a big deal out of, you know, somebody who's a little bit legalistic. Just, you know, kind of acquiesce a little bit to the legalistic person. Meet them where they're at. It's not worth dividing over. But in another place, like let's say, for example, um, let's say Galatians, where Paul says, you know, that Peter is unwilling to eat um, unkosher food when his Jewish friends are around. And, 
and Paul gets up in his face and says, bro, that's a false gospel that you're preaching. And he says, you know, or, you know, he says in one place, you know, I wish that those those people who require circumcision would just go all the way and mutilate themselves because what they're doing is preaching a false gospel. And it seems really weird that the same guy, actually, Paul the Apostle, he's the one saying both these things. On the one hand, he's saying, hey, if you're legalistic, that's not just a bad habit. That's a false gospel. You're preaching a different Jesus. And then on the other hand, he says, hey, you know, if somebody's legalistic, don't make a big deal over it. And, And how does that work? So to answer your question, here's how it works. What Paul's saying is that there are different reasons why people are legalistic. If somebody's legalistic because they believe that that justifies them before God, and they're trying to, you know, they really believe that that, that is how they get right with God, well, that, that's a gospel issue. Now, if on the other hand, somebody's coming along in the process, and, and they're just quite not quite there yet, they don't get it, well, don't, you know, railroad them, you know what I mean? Give them a break. Just help them gently along that process and give them some grace and so both of those things are true it just it's one of those things where it's like god says well see me for the details in your particular situation is there a person that you're dealing with who is legalistic to the point where they're actually preaching a different gospel a different form of justification justification by works and not faith in what jesus did or is it just somebody hey they're they just struggling and being superstitious and you can kind of help them along without, um, you know, putting on the boxing gloves and going to town. Okay. Nick, thank you so much. You have cleared up so much today, man. Awesome. God bless you, Andrew. Thanks so much for calling in. God bless you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. We have three minutes before our break, so I think we can take one more caller. We've got lots of callers today, which is awesome. Let's go to Colby in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Colby. Welcome to the program. Hey, what's going on? Hey, thanks for holding. Yeah, that was a long hold. Sorry, um, <laughs> right, though. So I, uh, I've got kind of a story for you, kind of a, a testimony that I okay. recently experienced, but I'm, so I'm married uh, to my wife, Haley, and we've been going through some, uh, just a lot of trouble, you know, because of me. But before, so on December 30th slash 31st, so it was December 30th, Saturday night at like 11 p.m. all the way to about 3 a.m. or maybe 2 a.m. on December 31st, um, I had a... I guess it's called like a spiritual awakening. And I was, you know, I was crying out to the Lord, the just true godly sorrow, you know. And I was crying out to the Lord just to save my soul and save my marriage. Because there's nothing, I mean, other than Jesus, there's nothing more that matters to me than my marriage and my wife, you know. And yeah. I failed to provide my wife with happiness. And that's mm-hmm. what's led to a lot of the, uh, all of the problems. And it's because I'm selfish. I'm so selfish. I'm prideful, I'm rebellious, I, I'm, I'm just all around wicked, you know, I'm a thief, I'm a liar, I'm a cheat, I've committed adultery in my heart and in my mind, um, I mean, just looking at other women and stuff, so I was praying out to the Lord, just crying out to Him to save me, and I had like, like a Holy Spirit encounter, I guess, I mean, I feel, you know, kind of, today's day and age, just I feel like different talking about it but I was 
I was just on the floor in the dark, you know, and I'm staying in my old boss's basement, and I was just crying out, and this light, kind of like uh, when you take a glow stick and you break it, and let's say it was on hour seven, so it's almost faded, but it still has luminosity to it. Well, it just kind of swept into the room, and like a wave, air, water-like motion, right? And hey, I Colby, I'm going to need to yeah. interrupt you just real quick because we're going to break in just like 30 seconds. So just a heads up. Um, I'll take you back after the break, though, if you're willing to hold through the two-minute yeah, break. And we could uh, hear the rest of your testimony. Thanks, man. Um, hey, you listen to Calvary Live. We are back live with you after our Christmas and New Year break. And we're going to be back in two minutes' time after this short break here at the middle of the show. So stick with us. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts live on the air today. We're live again today after uh, about a week off. We took a break for the holidays, but we're glad to be back with you again here in the new year. And let's go back to our caller on line three named Colby. Hey, Colby, you there still? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so you were telling me you're having this experience. This is New Year's Eve, right? And you're saying uh, no, that this you... No, this is... A, well, I mean, technically it was New Year's Eve, but not like New Year's Eve. It was uh, December 30th at like 11 p.m. So okay. it would have been... It lasted probably until like December 31st, like midnight-ish, 12.30 yeah. In the morning. <clears throat> but uh, I think I left off with um, describing the what I saw. So it was just like, you know, I was sober. I don't I don't drink. I don't I certainly don't do drugs, stuff like that. So I was completely sober. I mean, the only thing I could think of because I always try to reason things with like science or some sort of, you know, worldly explanation. So I was like, OK, maybe it was the tears in my eyes because I was just crying my eyes out. and no, my wipe my eyes they were perfectly fine i could see just fine but this light poured into this room right and it just if it it it's like an eggshell around me it just like encompassed me and i just got filled with overwhelming shame and guilt and remorse and regret and i was just i was just made i was given spiritual eyes and spiritual ears so i can see and i can hear and i I've, it's like i've been asleep my whole life and at that point i just realized that I have to change who I am, and I'm not going to be able to do this outside the power of God because I've been trying to change for the last 25 years, you know, and it's just not possible. And um, well, Man, that's really good news. You know, that's what Jesus said, you know. It's like being born again. That's what he called it, you know. It's like it's not a work that you can do on your own. And uh, And you know what? I would tell you this, that you're absolutely right that, that you can't change, and you're absolutely also right that you can't do it on your own. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, that you need to change, but you're also right that you can't do it on your own. And so, yeah. you know, Colby, this just sounds like a, an amazing thing, so praise the Lord for that. Is there, is there a way I can pray for you? Okay. Yeah, 
I, um, I mean, I wasn't really done. Is there a time okay. limit? I was almost, I was almost to another part. Well, so I'm late. Is that all right if I continue? Yeah, or we got some that? other colors, but, okay. but keep going. It's like, another keep going. Minute, it's like another minute and a half. All right. I, uh, so I, I laid down on the couch, and I saw, I saw like this, this. It was a person, but not like in the flesh. You know, it wasn't like fingernails and fingers and thumbs. It was, it was the light, right? So it was like a silhouette, but it was black on the inside with just light on the outside. And it reached over, and, it, and it, I felt it. I felt it touch me, man. I felt the hand. Of, I don't know if it was Jesus or the, or God, the Holy Spirit. Or may, maybe it was an angel sent by the Lord himself, but I don't know. But I, I kid you not, man, I, I felt the hand touch me, and I've always had a mental illness ever since I was young. I've always been told I'm you know, bipolar, I need to take this medicine, that medicine. And he moved his hands up towards my head, and he just kind of circled them. And I just felt so much relief. And I, I mean, I'm still taking my medicine because it's, you know, it's the godly thing to do under, you know, my doctor's authority. But I just... I, I, how do I explain it to my wife that I'm different and at the same time let her know that there's no way I can change, but I'll already change. And it's like I used to have a sex addiction problem where I was so selfish. I would just ask my wife for sex all the time. And I don't have that anymore. I just know it. I feel so clean, man. Well, let me just tell you this. You know, the best evidence you you have for um this change that's happened in your life where you won't need to convince your wife of it is the change real change in your life you know for for us here at the church this is really seems to be just a common theme in almost everything that we've been reading and, and studying and speaking about is this idea of you know faith in motion it's that idea that um you know the evidence of our faith is our actions and um, it's the fruit of true change in our lives because we don't want the fake stuff right like we don't want to just have some kind of emotional feeling or, or have that we want to see real substantial substantive change in our lives because of the gospel and because of the work of the holy spirit in us and we, we want it we want that for our congregation that's that's us here in longmont but i really see that too with you you know and that would be my advice to you is just this you know, dig into the Lord, dig into his word, seek him, get involved in a church, and then tell your wife what happened to you. Tell your wife this change that is, is going on in your life. Um, but also, you know, and ask the Lord to give you the power to continue. And, and uh, so this is not just a flash in the pan. That would be the biggest thing for you. And uh, and I'm just going to tell you, you know, do those things and make, and, let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Be consistent in church and studying the Word and being in fellowship so that at, it gets to the point where there's no way she could ever possibly deny that God has truly worked in your life. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Colby. I thank you for this good work you're doing in his life, Lord. I, I think of what you said, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, where you said, Blessed are you who weep, for you will be comforted comforted and blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven the only way that we can ever receive the kingdom of heaven is by recognizing the fact that we are indeed bankrupt and poor in spirit and it's only when we weep over that situation that we are ready to receive the grace of god and i think that that's exactly where colby's at right now and i pray lord that truly as he uh sees that as he's come to that realization lord as you've met him in that place lord would you set him free from these things he's struggling with and really holy spirit we ask that you would do a deep and powerful work in his life 
We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Colby, thank you so much for calling in. And uh, producer just sent me some info, so I'm going to give you this real quick. There's a ministry at Calvary Aurora called Pure Life Ministry, and it's to help people who've struggled with sex-related addictions. And their next meeting is on January 22nd. So the person to email is Micah. So it's Micah at CalvaryAurora.org. Or you can call the church there, 303-628-7200. But, or you can look it up online. But it's Pure Life Ministries for people who struggle with sex addiction. It's at Calvary Aurora. And maybe, Colby, it's not just for you, but anybody else who's listening who says, you know what, I, I probably need to go there and be part of that too. So check that out. January 22nd is their next meeting, Pure Life Ministry. Let's go to... Our next caller, Rudy, on line one. Hi, Rudy. Welcome to the program. Hello. How's it going? <clears throat> going well. Okay. My question is, um, like, um, my son comes with me, comes to me with uh, with questions about, you know, atheism. He's a, you know, he's he's a believer. I'm, you know, God's always been in my life, but I just for about a year now I've been, you know, just learning more of myself, getting closer to God. We understand He does. He is our creator, and we put him first in our lives to make everything better. But he gets challenged by our, you know, by our school systems and what they teach, you know, their religion, which is science, because they believe in, they uh, have their faith in, you know, what's being taught in the textbooks, and then it's related down to our children. And um, my son argues with these other uh, children who are just, there's no God, you know, and I tell him I don't want him to get angry over the question and, you know, the debate that he might have with his children, but it comes home angry, and I don't have a solid question about him. He, he, he knows, and we go to church, and uh, my wife has him reading the Bible, you know, a half hour before he goes to bed every night to mm-hmm. get him more understanding the Bible and, you know, getting his own answers, but he's just having a problem with that. He's like, oh, I need to fight these kids for God. You know, God is our creator, and you need to understand that, and I don't want him to be angry. Yeah. How, what's what's a simple push away on these children just to you know just so he can have a solid? I mean, I don't know exactly what to tell him. Any? Sure. Uh, how old's your son? He's uh, thirteen years old. He just turned turned thirteen. He goes to school here in Denver. Gotcha. That's hey, cool. so here's my advice. I think that the best thing you can do for your son is to help him to understand that uh, you know, like you said, you, you said this phrase, and maybe maybe it was just kind of slip up, but you said that science is their religion. Well, I, I think that what we need to, that that's actually playing right into the, the what I would call a false dichotomy that many people try to try to have, including uh, humanistic, you know, if it is the school system has a, let's say the school system, what you're describing is a humanistic system that's pushing a certain viewpoint. Well, what they're trying to say, what they're trying to say is you've got your religion and we've got our science. And guess what? If science, you know, science is empirical, science can be tested. And of course, they're going to say, well, ours can be proven and yours can't be. So we're right and you're wrong. And if you if we come along and we say, well, you guys are just into science, we're into God. Well, that's just playing right into the whole thing. We don't want to do that at all. That's actually not even correct, because what we want people to understand, this is what I want you to help your son understand, is that science and faith in God in the creator they're not at all opposed they're not enemies they are friends and you know uh, i mentioned earlier that i i have this website this blog that i write and 
one of my I wrote uh, the other day my top posts for 2018 and one of the top posts that I wrote was this question will studying science make you an atheist and here's what I found in doing a little research on that topic the answer is absolutely not you know um, here's what's interesting in the natural sciences right this is people who study the universe astronomy these are people who study the natural world you know physics chemistry more than 50% of scientists in the natural sciences believe in God. It's actually, there are more, there are more um, atheists in what are called the social sciences, which is like psychology, uh, anthropology, sociology. There are more um, atheists in the social sciences than there are in the physical sciences or natural sciences. And here's why that's weird, is because people in the social sciences, it's not even their job to determine things that would prove whether or not there is a God. But those who do study the universe, those who study uh, the natural world, uh, you know, more than 50% come to the conclusion that there must be some kind of creator because this is too much, too complex, too, um, too intelligent. And yeah. so I would, I would encourage your son to, um, to not just read the Bible. I mean, that he should be reading the Bible, and I commend you on that. Have him read the Bible for 30 minutes a night, absolutely. But that's probably not going to help him alone in the ways that he needs to be helped. I would say what he needs uh, your help with is getting a hold of some good resources that can help him to see that science and faith are not opposed at all. And uh, here I'll just give you two off the top of my head. One is the Discovery Institute. might be a little bit high brow for where he's at, but maybe not. I know they might also have some, some stuff for kids. We have a member of our congregation who's part of the Discovery Institute in Denver. And Discovery Institute is is really working. They're working a lot in universities, and uh, they're helping to put on lectures, showing, uh, you know, they get PhDs and doctorates and all these people in there who give lectures on these subjects. Uh, so the Discovery Institute, look them up online. The other one is Answers in Genesis, which is definitely more on like maybe, you know, something that would be very accessible to your son. And they have stuff even for kids. They sometimes have their speakers come out to Calvary Aurora here in Colorado. And um, and they, they would be a great place to start. So Answers in Genesis and just have your son learn things. That way when he interacts with other people, he doesn't have to be angry. He can actually be like, well, actually, here's the facts, you know, and so you know, he's equipped with knowledge, and that knowledge is much more powerful than just uh, kind of shouting back at them. Yes, yeah. And I kind of just told him how, you know, textbooks could, you know, come up with all their complex, you know, studies and stuff, but it says it in the Bible, 10 words in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you know. Sure, yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't disagree with you at all. I absolutely agree with you. But my point is that maybe in some of the conversations he's having, that argument won't be sufficient. He's going to need some more information. And the good news is that information is totally out there and it is readily available. So turn him on to a couple websites, Answers in Genesis and Discovery Institute. That'll be a great places to start. And just start giving him more and more information on uh, intelligent design and creation science because there's a ton out there there's a ton of research it doesn't get as much airtime as a more humanistic worldview because at the end of the day you have to come to terms with the fact that there is a god and if there is a god then there are repercussions for our lives
And of course they can't teach that in public school. I'm not even surprised that they can't teach that. Um, but we want our kids to be equipped with that information, that knowledge for their own sakes and so they can share it with others. So um, there's a ton out there and I just encourage you to, to turn your son onto it. It sounds like he's, sounds like you guys are doing a great job with him though. Keep up the good work. That's kind of what I want to hear too. If I'm, you know, I know he's going in the good direction. I don't want him to be angry that you know his friends. They're his friends until that subject comes up. But thank That's you. Right. I have uh, the, the Discovery Institute and um, Genesis Answers in Genesis, Genesis One. Yep. Yep. It's called Answers in Genesis. Yep. All right. God bless you. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado taking your calls and texts on the air today. Hey, before we go to our next caller, I just want to take the opportunity to invite you. If you live in Longmont, Colorado or the surrounding area, I'd love to have you come and worship with us this Sunday or any Sunday at the church that I pastor here in Longmont called Whitefields Community Church. You can check out our website at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Or uh, check us out online. We're on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where we have a great podcast that you can uh, subscribe to, and you get all that stuff just sent straight to your phone. And come visit us on a Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at the St. Vrain Memorial Building in downtown Longmont. We are one block west of Main Street on Longspeak Avenue. 700 Longspeak Avenue is our address. We're right on the northwest corner of Longspeak and Kaufman, and we'd love to have you come worship with us. We have children's ministry on Sunday mornings for birth through middle school. Uh, we have high schoolers uh, have a Friday night Bible study at our church, but they're in service with us on Sunday mornings. And uh, so, you know, we, we create an environment that your whole family can come worship in. We have uh, great music at our church, and uh, this Sunday we're going to be beginning a new series for the new year called Remember the Prophets. And in this series, we're, what we're going to be doing is, you know, James chapter 5, verse 10 says this, Remember the prophets as examples of those who endured patiently through suffering. And what he's saying there is essentially, don't just, when you read the prophets, don't just consider their message, also consider their character, who they were, and their lives. And so that's what we're going to be doing for the next several weeks, is taking the Old Testament prophets and one by one looking at who they were and also the messages that they preach. This Sunday we're beginning with Amos, which is a really interesting one. Amos, um, and we're going to be looking at who he was, what his message was, and how that all relates to us. So we'd love to have you come join us at, for this great study at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our next caller, Adriana in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Adriana, welcome to the program. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Hi, um, I have a prayer request and a question, too. Um, okay. I have a friend, uh, a dear friend of mine. Her husband was picked up by ICE, um, and he is currently incarcerated now. Um, she is not Christian, but I've been telling her about the Word of God and just telling her, you know, about God and all that. And I mentioned to her about fasting, and she was really interested in, in it. And... I was just wondering to see if you knew any books or anything I can, like, lead her or guide her to um, so she can read about it, and um, if you can also just pray for, for her um, and her husband. Yeah. So just to, just to confirm, you wanted a recommendation for a book about fasting? Right. Okay, yeah, I've got one for you. I read this book several years ago, and 
It's on my shelf, um, and I remember it being good. It's been a few years since I read it, but here's the, the book I would recommend. It's called A Hunger for God. So it's by John Piper, and it's called A Hunger for God. And he's talking about how fasting is a tool that we can use, that God's given to us to use, um, to help our prayer life and to help us draw closer to God. And so I, um, I, I remember it just being a great book. And when it comes to passion for God, I think John Piper is just excellent. So John Piper, the title of the book is A Hunger for God. Okay. Perfect. Cool. And let me pray for your friend. Heavenly Father, I pray for uh, Adriana's friend there in in jail. Lord, I, uh, I ask that you would take hold of her life and truly that she would draw near to you. Lord, I pray that you would indwell her and work in her by your spirit as she puts her faith in you. And Lord, that you would transform her from the inside out and give her new life in you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now my check this out. My uh, producer here is telling me that that book is actually downloadable for free. I'm not sure how it's downloadable for free, but I bet if you look around, you can find it online for free. Oh, there you go. It's at desiringgod.org, and you can download it for free. So there you go. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go to... Luke in Lakewood, Colorado. Hey, Luke, welcome to the program. Luke, are you there? Okay, well, it looks like Luke isn't here, um, but I do see his question. Here's his question. Luke had a question about a life group he's attending, saying that casual drinking takes place at this life group, and should he find a new group? Luke, you know, I think that that kind of comes to, uh, that's going to be a personal Thing that you need to deal with. I'm not going to say that, you know, here, here's the thing about this is that I would say this. I think it's unwise for them to be doing that. As a pastor, I um, always make it clear to our leaders at no church functions do we have alcohol. And I'll tell you why. It isn't because I think that drinking alcohol is always a sin. I, I mean, I know just as well as you do that Jesus in his first miracle made uh, wine out of water. I know that uh, they drank wine at the Last Supper. I'm not naive to that. It says in the Old Testament that wine was given by God for the gladdening of men's hearts. And so it's a, it's to be seen as a blessing and something that represents celebration. Now, on the other hand, though, uh, while I don't think it's a sin to drink alcohol in moderation, obviously it's a sin to be drunk but here's the thing this is one of those areas where it's like some people obviously struggle with this and some people maybe struggle with alcoholism but some people also struggle with it like we talked with an earlier caller about um, having a conviction about this that for them it's just something that they have a conviction from God that they should not do Uh, it's just like it says you know in in the Proverbs, it is not for kings to drink wine. And some people would say, well, God has called us a nation of kings, and therefore we should not have anything to do with alcohol. And I respect that position. And here's what I would say, is that uh, I just think it's unwise. And, um, you know, anecdotally, I heard a story from somebody who came to our church and said, you know, she had spent some money. Her husband wasn't really walking with the Lord Um, But she had saved up some money so she could send her husband on a men's retreat. And so there was a men's retreat at a large church, and she sent her husband on this men's retreat. And the whole men's retreat uh, was drinking. And this man had struggled with uh, alcoholism and addiction earlier in his life. 
Um, and so, you know, everybody was drinking the whole men's retreat. And then they, uh, they sent everybody home with a six pack of beer. And she was like, well, you know, I could see how for somebody who, who doesn't struggle with that, that could be fine. But look, my husband did struggle with that and they had no concern for that. Like they didn't ask if he did and he, you know, he just signed up like everybody else and everybody was doing these things and it was just absolutely stumbled him. And, you know, he went to this retreat seeking to get closer to God and seeking holiness. And instead, um, you know, it was a, something that he had struggled with in his life. Now, clearly not everybody there struggled with it. Maybe the majority of people didn't struggle with it. And you could ask, well, should we always go to the lowest common denominator, right? Should we always think about the person who maybe struggles with it and then we don't do anything? Well, I'd say yes, in church, public church gatherings, in the name of the church, I, I do think that is the appropriate way to do it. Um, so that's my take on it. As for whether you need to find a new group, I don't think necessarily. Um, but maybe it's something that you talk about with the, the group leader. Just say, hey, uh, you know, I'm struggling with this aspect of this and I'm, you know, to the point where I'm actually considering leaving the group. Maybe it's just a conversation that you need to have before you just walk away. So that would be my advice, Luke. Hopefully you heard that, but thanks for calling in. We've got a few minutes left in the show. Let's go to Tiffany in Monument, Colorado. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing well. Um, I was just calling to, I think it was like two or three callers ago, about some good like science and faith resources. And I was just calling to give a couple more because this was something that I struggled with in college. And so these really helped me out. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah. The first one is Dr. Frank Turek. It's T-U-E-I. R-E-K, I think. T-U-R-E-K, really okay. Yeah. Frank Turek. Really like, um, you, you can just Google his name on YouTube, and he does some really good like question and answer sessions with a lot of some college kids and just people who have questions. And then um, William Lane Craig is another really good one. He does lots of debates with like Richard Dawkins, and he did like Christopher Hitchens and some of those like atheists, mm -hmm. if you know who I'm talking about. Yes. And then um, his website is uh, reasonablefaith.org. Okay. And then another one was um, Hugh Ross, and he does um, Reasons to Believe. And I think his website is just reasons.org. Great. Yeah, and so I just got a, I got a, a quick note here from the producer saying that Frank Turek also has a website. His website is called Cross-Examined. Yeah. Crossexamined.org. Mm -hmm. So those are some great resources. So crossexamined.org, reasonablefaith.org, reasons.org, and these are just places where people can go. And like, you know, that's what I really wanted our earlier caller to see, is that it's not that we have to choose between faith and science. It's that if we believe in a God who is real, and what the Bible says is actually true, then we have no reason at all to be to feel like we're on our heels or we have to be afraid or that we don't have answers or that we have to just say, well, you have science, I have faith. Well, we have, we have both, right? True exactly, science. Yeah, if if absolutely. what we believe is true, science will back it up. And we believe it that it does. does. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much. And I was going to say, I forgot. I was going to say one more thing, but I forgot, but, oh, and Michael Behe, I think he works for the discovery Institute that you mentioned too, or, okay. Oh, no, could, but could he be. Yeah. really good because he does um, a lot with the um, intelligent design. 
Perfect. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Tiffany. Appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. Yeah. Hope that lots of our callers will tune into that stuff. Okay, good. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. We have come to the end of our program, but uh, we had one text message that came in, too, actually, that I wanted to get to before the end of the show. One person had asked me this. They had said, you know, I had mentioned on the show that I go to seminary, and uh, they asked where I went to seminary. And I go to London School of Theology. It is the largest evangelical seminary in Europe, and it's, you know, pretty pretty well uh, has a great reputation. It was started by John Stott and it's been attended by Alistair Begg and uh, it's been a great school. I'm doing, I'm finishing up my master's there right now and we'll see where I go after that. But um, I'd really recommend it for people who are looking for a seminary. You know, just, um, I, I do it partly because uh, I'm also, I have uh, EU citizenship, which means I get a discount in Europe. But another part of it is um, I do think that this is a really good school even for many Americans to consider, and I would really recommend you look into it if you're interested in a seminary. So London School of Theology, it's called LST, and you can look it up online. One last question says this. I, I've always wondered about this question. Uh, my will is almost complete with the exception of what to do with my body after death. I've chosen cremation at an earlier time in my life. I'm wondering if this is biblically appropriate would my body be raised if it is cremated? Thank you so much. So here's my answer to you. Uh, I think it is fine if you get cremated. And, um, and yes, your body will be raised if it's cremated. That is my belief and conviction. And here's the thing, that there have been some denominations historically that told people not to be cremated because they said that if you do, you won't be raised in the final uh, resurrection. That even if you just think through it logically, that doesn't make sense. Even if our bodies just decompose naturally, the, the particles end up in different places and God recollects them. And he can absolutely do that if you're cremated as well. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Longmont, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in today. And uh, we'll be with you every weekday now from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.